The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, we are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro and our manager for the city, Craig Tyndall, is with us this morning. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing good, Bart. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? It, it was good. I appreciate it. How about you? I did, too. <clears throat> a lot of great uh, activities here in the community and uh, honoring true. our military. It just makes you proud to be a part of, of this area. Absolutely. Well, let's look at the city of Murfreesboro. I guess one of the big things on uh, the horizon is getting the budget together. That's, That's the next true. big thing. That's true. We, st- we start the budget process actually sometime early February, late January, early February is when we start to put together the budget uh, for, the, for the next year, the next fiscal year. Our fiscal year starts uh, July the 1st and runs through June the 30th. So uh, we're, right now we're doing the FY23 budget, so fiscal year 2023 budget is what, we, what we're putting together right now. Um, and um, we had our first hearing last, uh, last Thursday. Uh, so we'll do the second hearing um, next Wednesday at our workshop at the airport. Um, so if anybody has any input or anything else, we'd welcome them to the airport, the business center, uh, where council would be meeting and, and uh, looking at our budget. As we've done in the past, this year's a balanced budget. Um, so we've we've carefully uh, looked at uh, our expenses and, and uh, projected the revenues that we think we'll get and uh, match those up as, as close as we as close as we can as the um, as the city has grown we're we're a little bit over 160 uh, thousand people right now um, the 2020 census was 157 and we grow uh, enough to put us over well over um, 160 now uh, the way we've been growing lately and um, that puts our budget uh, to be able to provide the services and the, the quality of life for our community that the city is able to uh, enhance uh, at about 250 million dollars this year for city operations. Our total budget, including schools and water resources, which operate on separate budgets, is uh, is about 573 million, uh, so more than half a billion dollars. Now, many of the states had been uh, pointed out under the uh, people who were doing the census as not having a proper reading. Tennessee was one of those mm-hmm. that came in low. Do you feel that there's going to be a revised census? And I wonder if that's going to help Murfreesboro. <clears throat> well, there's a couple couple of different ways that censuses are done. Um, so we every 10 years, uh, the federal government's required to do a census. And, uh, and they do a census based on uh, the best count that they can get. But they also use some statistical projections as well. So they look at housing starts. So... They look at all kinds of different data that they have to come in to, to, to try and arrive at a um, an estimate that they feel like is a, a good estimate of the population. It's always an estimate. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to count everybody as much as we all move around and and uh, some people 
willingly participate. Some people willingly don't participate, uh, intentionally uh, don't participate. And so it's hard to get a good count. Everything's an estimate. Uh, that's one way that, uh, that um, populations are estimated in a census. We go through a process in Tennessee every once in a while, and I can't remember how often it is, but where we actually do as, as close a physical count as we possibly can. And it's not as statistical as what the U.S. Census Bureau, Bureau does. Um, and so it gets a little bit different number, but the process is the same for all the cities, and it's done for the purpose of dividing up state revenue. So as I've said in the past, it's it's equally bad count for everyone, and so you get an equal uh, you get a, a, a good share uh, estimate of the share that should be divided up amongst the, the different cities. Um, that comes in quite a bit lower because you don't have the statistical data in there. Um, but we feel like we're probably uh, north of 160, maybe 162, 163,000 right now. Now, would this put us uh, pretty close to Chattanooga, Hamilton County, and that area? We're, we're getting pretty close. Clarksville is our closest uh, in population, and uh, we, if we continue to grow as we do, Clarksville is growing very rapidly as well. We're just growing more rapidly. We'll probably eclipse Clarksville in the next couple, two, three years, um, and then, yes, be pushing pretty close towards um, what uh, Chattanooga and Knoxville, uh, who also are growing, just not as fast as, as we are here in Murfreesboro. Um, eclipse or get very close to those but those are our, our closest neighbors those are kind of the cities that we'll look towards uh, as far as what uh, all the cities are doing and, and how they're handling different things and because of the population disparity between us and say Nashville or Memphis or something along those lines where, where it's a different environment completely and when you're talking about city services because of the size of the population and f- for Metro being a, uh, I mean, for Nashville being a Metro government, uh, it's it's a uh, quite a bit different. Um, but uh, yeah, we do look at Chattanooga and we do look at Knoxville and, and uh, closely consider Clarksville. Clarksville's population is a little bit different. They have uh, one big, huge employer there that moves people in and out quite a bit, and so um, some of their population. We're talking about the U.S. Up. Army. We're t- we're talking about <laughs> yes, Fort Campbell. Um, so um, and that's also brought uh, a, a, a casino there, and uh, they they're the first. Uh, of course, it's not in Tennessee. Right across the it's border. It's right there on right there on it. <laughs> yeah, at the uh, at the uh, uh, racetrack. Right? Yeah, no, they, I think they they still. And they from have I understand a they do racing casino, over. from what I understand. I think Kentucky's allowed them to uh, put a casino in there to supplement their, their racing. I think they, sh- they have a short season for racing at the, at the track, and then uh, the rest of the time it operates, I think, as a casino and then off-track betting. Now, as you look at the different cities in Tennessee, what is creating this increase? And, and what's creating the increase? Because there are a lot of people who have just moved to Murfreesboro and they don't know that much about the history. What is driving this increase? Well, Middle Tennessee is a great place to live. It's, it's uh, you, know, you have four seasons. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before we got on the air. We finally have arrived at summer. We had some stops and starts to, to get things going, but I think we're, we're well into it now. Um, but we do have four kind of equal seasons and that's it's it's a beautiful place to live uh from a financial standpoint um i mean people will we've seen quite a bit of increase uh, across the country we've seen quite a bit more increase in middle tennessee because of the demand for things like housing as as people move in so um but uh, generally it's relatively speaking 
quite a quite affordable um, uh, comparatively so with a lot of the other places particularly the places where people are moving out of um, you know we could we could talk about political uh, wins and things like that that are driving some of the decisions I think and and I'm not doing that to weigh into the political side so much as what this is the feedback that we're getting what people are telling us is why they have decided that maybe Tennessee is a place that's uh, uh, fits them from um, a culture standpoint, from a belief and faith standpoint, from a political standpoint. So, I think a lot of that uh, we've we've made uh, great inroads into the the um, the knowledge that people have uh, about what it means to to live in Middle Tennessee. I think a while back, uh, the folks over at Solid Waste came up with a good way to measure the growth. And that was the trash can count, right? Which, when you hear that on the surface, that's they do what? <laughs> How many trash cans are out there? Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Uh, is that still showing that we are growing uh, close to the same rate? Yeah, yeah abso- absolutely, it is. Um, I mean, I, the last number I have, and it's a round number. There's people who can tell you exactly to the can how many cans that we pick up. Uh, every week, we're around forty-eight thousand in in forty-eight thousand trash cans. Trash cans that are out now. You know, there's a few people that have more than one. Uh, there's some businesses still that maintain more than one, um, but uh, that's that's kind of a general rule of thumb, a general measure uh, on growth. You can see the increase. It doesn't give us an equal number because if if you live in an apartment, you'll have a dumpster, a big dumpster, and of course that takes up. A ton of cans that otherwise you'd be there so it doesn't equate exactly but it is a good indication of our continued growth and and it is it is continuing to go up it is now are we seeing uh, a lot of new homes a, a request for new homes we're con- we we are um i think a couple of factors uh may slow that down a bit and that's uh the inflationary effects on uh, construction costs which are driving up prices at the same time, interest rates are going up. So, there's the housing market uh, is is going to hit some uh, slowdown uh, at, at some point in time because you're gonna the market's going to balance itself a bit, uh, and we we've seen that and we've seen that in some of the decisions the city has made with respect to constructing new office buildings and things like that. We've we've gone and, and looked for existing buildings. So that, that will impact our, our, our housing stock. Uh, and I think what you'll see then is, is um, we may see that prices as they've increased will be moderated uh, somewhat and uh, probably see more um, of the resale houses come to the market. But generally speaking, we do and, and have continue and continue to see uh, plans for new development, new housing development. Um, uh, we were over um, in uh, the medical center area in Clary Park, which is a very large development over there, uh, with quite a few houses in addition to commercial and, and some retail. Um, and they're getting underway and, and starting to build. So, uh, so that will that will happen then. That Clary Park this, is is actively this going. This is right across the street from the avenue. It is right across the street. So you say it's going. You can't see it going. Uh, if you, where's, where's if you, it going? Hey, well, if you drive, if you drive down Robert Rose, you'll see the equipment okay. out there. And, and, and this 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 Sunday, we happen to be over there, and uh, they have a lineup of great big um, uh, pieces pieces of equipment to 
moving land and stuff. I think they're doing some testing. It looks like they're uh, drilling some boring. And this is mixed things. use, uh, residential mixed use. And it is residential mixed use. There's some uh, um, uh, the residential units in there. Some rental residential units in there, and then there's some uh, for sale. Uh, quite a few for sale in townhouses, and I believe in the in the back part close to um, the uh, Wilkerson Pike. Uh, there's some single family homes that are planned back there. There was always something nice, and, and we didn't have animals in the Clary Park area, but uh, we did on down the road. Uh, where the farms are located, uh, and those farms are are gradually going away, and so are the animals. Uh, at the Grove, uh, what what's happening there? At the Grove, there's, there's a lot of uh, moving around of earth. There is. Um, well, the Grove's actually in the county. Uh, it's not in the city. So really? yeah, okay. yeah, the Grove remains in the that. county, and, and most of that neighborhood back in there. Uh, remains in the county, um, and so so it's right on the line. It's, it's it is it is right on the line. Um, well, the, the city needs to do some some road work in there, and, and we're working with uh, the Williamsons who own the Williamson Farm there, which is where the Grove is located. Uh, and they've been and they've talked with our folks about the best way to to handle that. But uh, they're 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 planning a from what I understand, uh, and I'm not probably the best person to ask because it's been a little bit since I've paid attention to it but from what I understand they are um, uh, looking to develop a kind of a farming event type of center that the Grove will still remain there but there'll be other activities there that people can come and visit and get an idea of of uh, farming in Middle Tennessee and, and how that affects and hopefully they keep the strawberry patch going and uh, get fresh strawberries there. And right across the street uh, part of the Gateway Project land uh, looks like another hotel coming in. There is another hotel, I believe, coming in, and I, I can't remember the flag that goes on that, but uh, in front of the, um, I think it's in front of the Holiday Inn there, uh, right off of uh, 24. Murfreesboro is really getting to be known not only as the stop-off point for people along the interstate, but a destination for meetings. It, it is. We have uh, meetings and um, <clears throat> sports activities is, is quite a quite a draw here right now and is really filling up the hotels. We, as a matter of fact, we uh, had a couple events scheduled. We had the Speedway was activated, which, of course, is not in Murfreesboro, but it's close by, and, and people stay in Murfreesboro uh, with a NASCAR race. And then um, uh, we had an event at, at Seagull Soccer Complex out there, and... Um, and there was no hotel rooms. You could not find a hotel room, in, and a lot of people were forced to stay up the road in Smyrna, which was fine with us. You know, we, we love Smyrna and and uh, welcome to stay up there. But all the way up into Nashville, bef- just and having to drive back down to, uh, uh, which is not a huge lift. We're we're relatively close, but drive back down to uh, Seagull Soccer Complex to to engage in the activities out there. And then we've, you know, we made it a, another announcement and continue to work on development agreements for um, a, uh, a venue um, that will um, uh, have quite a bit of live music, and and uh, that'll be a destination, and probably will also uh, uh, increase our the demand for hotels uh, in in this area, um, and then. The other very large development that we've talked about, which is the Legacy Sports. Let me back up. I didn't mention the name, but um, uh, Notes Live, who's developing the Bourbon Brothers uh, Steakhouse and Tavern and uh, the Boot Barn Hall, which will be uh, about a 400-seat indoor uh, music venue, um, very well-designed music venue. 
and then uh, a 4500 outdoor uh, amphitheater um, that uh, will have live music and programming live music in there and that's right on medical center on the 18 acres that the city currently owns Um, and then what I was about to mention was the Legacy Sports, which we continue to work uh, on uh, the development agreement for Legacy Sports at 840 and, and broad, uh, which will bring three to four million people uh, on an annual basis visiting the area. And so the demand for hotels, of course, for that type of facility is going to be um, a whole new a whole new league. Well, that, that brings to thought a whole new development area mm-hmm. uh, because there are no hotels, there are no gas stations, no anything at that exit of I-840 and Broad. Uh, so that's where Legacy Sports will be. That will be bringing in uh, new investors. And, of course, uh, we hear so much, we just hear about it, we don't see a whole lot of action yet on uh, the extension of Cherry Lane connecting with I-840 for, for the soccer complex. When do you think we're going to see some real action on those connections where these uh, hotels, restaurants, gas stations will be uh, created? Well, some of the timeline is going to depend on, on TDOT. TDOT's been a very, very good partner with us. Uh, and, and we appreciate all their efforts and uh, the engineering and, and planning and uh, you know, the, the financing of uh, an interchange off an interstate uh, is, is a process that does take some time. So we are uh, elev- uh, enhancing the timeline for um, Cherry Lane. Right now we're well into the process of we have the engineering and, and we're starting to um, uh, acquire the necessary property to make the Cherry Lane uh, come uh, west from its existing termination um, off close up to the Seagull Soccer Complex. So it will come down and uh, wind its way down a bit uh, through some, some uh, open area and then uh, uh, connect with 840, uh, one mile, almost exactly one mile north of, uh, of the existing 41 uh, or Broad Street. Interchange will, will that be a city project or is the state involved? Uh, because it's an it's an interstate interchange. It'll be state, and the state handles the federal money. So you know any federal money that'll be in there, uh, because it is a federal uh, project, a forty, uh, interstate project, um, and then TDOT funding as well. Um, so it'll be a state project in in the city. It will contribute, you know, the engineering and, and the different processes to go f- to make that go forward. Uh, the city actually owns the land, so that'll that uh, will shorten some of the time frame because we already own. I think it's about 160 acres uh, up right where the interchange will go on, and uh, so the interchange will go there, and then there'll be uh, opportunities for development such as hotels and and uh, restaurants and things that will help support the activity just a mile away. We have a question from a listener who's very concerned about the corporations buying up homes in the area. Uh, and then renting them for whatever they wish or using for uh, just whatever purpose they want. Uh, do we see a lot of, is there a lot of that going on here? There's a lot of that going on all across the country. But yes, we do see that uh, coming in here. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a business model and we've seen it uh, come into effect here where um, a, a single uh, corporate entity will own an entire neighborhood as uh, as rental property. Um so in, in essence, in a, an apartment complex, but only in houses, as opposed to uh, a high, very dense uh, high-rise apartment. So, 
so it's a little bit different uh, business model, but it is the same same type of uh, same type of thing. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a a, a growing um, I don't say issue or concern. Some some do very well uh, on rental property, and there's a high demand for rental property. I mean, you can't all the numbers that you read and you look at. Uh, it's it's a it's a great demand. And it's interesting because when you look at some of the um, demographics for rental property, what you see is, is uh, young, young people are renting, and there's lots of reasons for that. They're getting established. They don't have a down payment. Um, they're, they want to stay flexible because their careers may make a move very quickly. So there is a demand for that rental property. Uh, it starts, starts to drop off during the, uh, kind of the middle years, and then as it goes up, the, there's an increasing demand for um, the higher age group into rental properties and so where where they just i guess want to stay flexible not have a house that they need to tend to um you know there isn't the tax benefits of owning a house as there used to be because of uh, you know higher standard deductions um and so it's it's shifted the demand somewhat so there is a high demand for rental properties and that's why you're seeing people uh, that have corporate interests uh, have an interest in in investing in some of those and some have been quite successful. I mean, they do keep, you know, some of the corporations put a lot of effort into making sure that the properties are maintained well, which is what you want in a neighborhood, um, and and vet the renters very carefully and 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 make sure that they're good neighbors in in the property. And, and in that case, you know, it's no different than an individual owning the property and being vested in that neighborhood. Um, but uh, but there are others, and we'll, and you know, we'll we'll keep on top of that as best we can through code enforcement to make sure the property is kept up and used appropriately for the neighborhood. Now, Murfreesboro has had a high rental demand for 50, 60 or so years. Uh, A lot of people don't stop and think about it, but we have probably one of the highest percentages of demands for rental property and have had, but it's a whole different group. It's the college students, Mm -hmm. uh, and they're not probably the best... uh, customers for a corporation who's <laughs> wanting to make big bucks off of something because they don't have the big bucks what's happening to them well yeah we'll back up just for a second there's when we talk about uh rental residential units for multifamily or, or apartments is however you want to phrase it um it, it's not all one market um here there are uh, really an urban type of uh, market what we're seeing the interest in uh, downtown and building uh, units downtown residential units downtown whether they're owner occupied as such as a, a condominiums or uh, high density townhouses or rental units uh, so that's one type you have the other type which is more traditional that people think of apartments where you have them out in the more suburban areas uh, the, what you call a garden style apartments where they're open and and uh, that's another and then you have as you mentioned the college we have a large university who does not have very many dorms at all um, and and does not seem to have any interest in in having a a residential a large residential housing um, type of uh, developments on on their property so that pushes them out into apartment units here and that's why you know from a population basis we're, we're probably a little bit high uh, but we do have the university, so you have to consider that. And there's other university towns that would would be um, uh, somewhat similar to that in, in that demand. There are three very different markets, and so we have to recognize that um, 
the how they're addressed, how they're planned for, even to a large extent from a private standpoint, how they're financed is is all uh, very much different. And we consider that in our planning department as we look at the projects when they come in and make sure that we're addressing them appropriately. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause, check on the traffic and weather. We will be back. Our guest this morning, City Manager Craig Tyndall. Stay with us. Receive breaking news, sports scores, traffic, and weather bulletins on your cell phone. Sign up for text alerts at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. Whether your friends have scales or feathers, we have the things for them here at Animal City. I think one of the best things at Animal City is our staff. We have a team of dedicated pet lovers and knowledgeable professionals to help you with your pet's needs. When you come see us, don't forget to check out our basement level. We have two full stories of pets and pet supplies. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the low 90s. And then for tonight, mostly clear, low near 66. Wednesday, sunshine, high of 91 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69. Good morning there. In the clearing stages of this crash here in Rutherford County on 24 eastbound at Walden Road, it still has traffic extra slow up through here. Uh, probably will for the next uh, at least 10, 15 minutes. One car flipped in this crash earlier. It's been out here for over an hour. Again, that's 24 eastbound at Walden Road. It's still a little bit heavy uh, westbound coming past the accident scene there at Walden Road. It's just unnecessary rubbernecking, really. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check them out today, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hey, hi, and hello there. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Fun lovers and truth seekers. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS AM FM Online. Welcome back. We are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro this morning. If you have a question or comment dealing with Murfreesboro, call us 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. Craig Tyndall is with us, the Murfreesboro City Manager. Craig, I think we have a lot of people who are wanting to ask about homes now, because here's another question dealing with that. Our local Airbnbs are great resources for guests attending local events, but uh, they may be creating some issues for people in those areas where they are located. Is the city looking ahead at correcting those? Well, right now we haven't uh, had a lot of difficulty with those. Uh, the legislature has has weighed in somewhat on how the cities can regulate Airbnbs. 
So obviously we, we would want to take a look at that. Uh, right now we don't uh, regulate them um, very heavily. Uh, when I say we don't regulate, we don't regulate. We do regulate them somewhat. I mean, they do have to pay the uh, commercial property tax uh, if they're an a, a or B and B, and they have to uh, the hotel occupancy taxes. Yeah, it should be assessed on that as well. Um, and so there are some some regulations that apply uh, with respect to those those aspects but uh, we don't we don't regulate airbnbs we haven't seen a lot of difficulties from those i'm trying to think if we've seen any real uh, difficulties that they've created in other areas as we bring in some of the bigger venues we're we're likely to to start to regulate those a lot more um just out of necessity here's an interesting uh, question i've never looked at it this way the person says i've noticed some paving going on in the city I can tell the job is going to the lowest bidder. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it says, I've heard about the infrastructure money given to states, cities, and counties for these projects. Can you talk about these bids, and is the lowest bidder always the best? Well, the lowest bidder generally is not always the best, um, and, and we don't have a requirement to take a lower, lower, the lowest bid. Um, the federal government generally does do that, and, and you'll see the effects of that somewhat in some federal projects. Generally, a lot of what we call change orders as, as the job gets gets going, where the contractor will come back and then ask for more money because they, they bid so low uh, to do other, other aspects of it. Um, we work off the lowest responsible bid. So we do bid out um, jobs to uh, con- contracting jobs, uh, but we evaluate the bidders themselves and make sure that they don't present any problems. It's, it's always difficult on repaving because it's very disruptive. And um, because of the way jobs have to be scheduled, weather interruptions, and now supply chain interruptions on, on some of the materials that are needed to do uh, roadway work, um, it, it adds somewhat to the difficulties that, that we've experienced historically, always, when you have, have a road power. Pe- people don't like to, to drive over roads that were okay before. They may have needed a little uh, maintenance, but then they come in and they get um, uh, graded down and uh, being prepared for another layer, uh, and it makes it rough, and there's a lot of rock and debris, and uh, and it takes some time to address those, um, you know, a couple couple of weeks i would say hang in there we'll, you know that they, they do work we do monitor them very closely uh we hire very good contractors the best ones we can we can possibly get um they're all very busy so sometimes it does take a while but we're dealing with some supply chain issues they are dealing with some supply chain issues just to get the materials out and uh and put those in in a timely manner any feel for how long this supply chain issue is going to be with us. I heard the other day that concrete is now a, a, a hard thing to get. Um, it, it it is it is difficult to get, and and I think that a lot of the contractors are struggling. And of course, it's reflected then in the prices of of concrete, which gets passed along somewhere into the to the end user. Um, and so I I don't have an answer for that. Uh, it, you know, a lot of that has to do with some policies at the federal level. Uh, that need to be addressed, and it doesn't seem like <laughs> there's a whole lot of interest in addressing that uh, right now as, as we head towards some economic difficulties that uh, supply chain, um, you know, money supply, inflation, all those kind of issues, uh, you know, there just doesn't seem to be a focus on that uh, from the federal level, which is really, 
there's not much we can do at the local level. Uh, we just have to react to it the best way we can. Here's another question. says, are there any plans to overhaul our road designs to handle all of the growth? Are we going to start changing developers' impact fees to pay for these new roads? Uh, and then they say we should. We, we've looked at, and, and council is still considering impact fees for, for street department. Um, we we have been successfully funding our, our road projects, and as I mentioned before, a lot of the issues that people talk about when they talk about road transportation and, and traffic and everything are on state highways. And so what we have to realize is we have to go back to the state and work, and we have to get in the priority because there's other communities that have demands for roadways as well. Uh, TDOT, we've worked very well with TDOT. As, a, as I mentioned, they're, they're a great, they've been a great partner for Murfreesboro. Uh, and so we'll continue to work with them and, and continue to develop our, our, our relationship there. Um, our executive director for uh, public infrastructure, Chris Griffith, and Jim Kerr, our transportation director, uh, really have a good relationship with TDOT, and they do an excellent job in, in uh, securing the necessary funds and then planning for and engineering road, road where, roadways. Our CIP budget's a little over, for the next five years, a little over 700 million is all the projects that are in there. Um, and so we, ha we have a lot of demands, but about 70% of that are, is roadway work. Um, now, as we go forward with the increase in prices, you know, those, those numbers change. And so, um, you know, we have to find more funding for that. Uh, for the roadways and so development impact fees are, is a is, is one way to fund those we haven't needed to implement those yet whether we do or not uh, is really a council level decision um, but so far it's not a matter of funding it's it's a it's a matter of well there's when, when you, you can't tear up every road in the city right. <laughs> you can't okay. repair every road in the city people can go anywhere for a long period of time and so you have to really schedule them out not just managing the project but uh, making sure your projects are, are, are spread out enough so you just don't choke off certain parts of the city uh, with, with road work. And so we're, we're conscious of that as, as are every other city in, in the country. Um, but we're working as quickly as we can. It's, it's difficult because growth is so fast and, and road work takes a long time. So um, it's, it's a balance that we're always looking to achieve. Here's a, a question dealing with the progress of making our downtown area the business area look larger and uh, have a, a lot pow more powerful appeal to it a person said that they got excited uh, with all of the conversation when you were having meetings several years ago dealing with the historic bottoms that was exciting to hear that and the whole community was getting together then the first methodist church old location was sold and people were getting ready to build high-rise uh, residential as well as business and we don't see anything happening now uh, almost uh, eight years later we don't see anything happening in any of those locations including the methodist church that's leveled when are we going to see something well, to, to start with the project you mentioned last, One East College, which is the, the uh, First United Methodist Church property, um, they have uh, a permit in our office now to review, to, to begin digging. It may, be, it may be already issued because it's been in for a couple of weeks. It, it does take some time. It, the, the, the other thing 
from a timeline, what we have to remind people um, when we're talking about projects like that is we really had a couple of years where we lost a lot of ground. Uh, and, and it had to do not necessarily with the ability to go out and, and construct, but with the financial aspects. Um, you know, when we went through uh, 20 and, uh, 2020 and 2021, things slowed down substantially. Um, we in Middle Tennessee didn't see... Uh, a lot of the slowdown that we saw that other areas um, other areas saw but those other areas is where the financing is coming from and so the, the effects out of that that New York and New York still struggles with with COVID where we're not struggling with COVID so you, you kind of question why that would be but that that's a that's a whole nother topic uh, but New York uh, California some of the financial centers that uh, that some of the funding is coming out of um, slowed down we had a hotel planned on one east college there was no hotel financing in 2021 the plans had to change so you have to go back you have to redo all the plans you have to fit it in it's an integrated mixed use development is very it takes a while it's a very complicated process and so if you change one aspect of it a major aspect like you planned a, a hotel and, and the hotel disappears because no bank in the world will touch hotels at that point in time you have to re-engineer that entire project and then come back out. So it has caused some delay, but our developer that we've worked with closely is is really pushing um, on that as as quickly as they possibly can. And like I said, they they've submitted paperwork to to get in there. We've had other interest in the downtown area as well. We've talked about um, the area where we happen to be sitting now and the development that that may come come in here and the interest that we've had in that. Uh, I've had other interests for other property in the downtown area uh, for develop at uh, two other different areas uh, for redevelopment of the downtown area, which would change the landscape quite a bit. So I think you'll see uh, quite a bit of change in the downtown area over the next f five and ten years, particularly as we get more and more residential units in the downtown area. The Bottoms is a, is a unique uh, situation. Redevelopment in the Bottoms is, is probably overdue. Uh, we'd like to encourage it as much as we possibly can. We have uh, projects, including a linear park on along Broadway, that are planned and actively uh, we're actively pursuing that right now. Uh, roadway realignment for uh, Front Street as it goes back into the to the bottom area, bottoms area by Cannonsburg there, to make that a much more safer intersection and to allow people pedestrians to go from the downtown area to Cannonsburg and, and into that area. A lot of that land in there is is owned, um, individually owned, privately owned, um, and so it takes quite a while to accumulate enough to make a major project back there to make a big change to an area. Um, but we are we are working at it and uh, trying to work with different developers that come in and different uh, entities that have interest in developing in that area. And we you know we need the landowners to recognize that perhaps it's time to cash in on their investment <laughs> their property values are going up quite a bit and uh, to allow other things to, to develop in that area and we have a question here dealing with the gateway project we're <coughs> jumping all over the world here. all over the city that's great <laughs> yeah. uh, so they're asking about uh, are there many parcels of land left or are we almost sold out uh, there's there's not as many parcels left in gateways there was just two or three years ago um, so the, it, it, the inventory of, of vacant land there is is uh, diminishing 
pretty rapidly. Uh, there are some parcels. The, the city still owns uh, about nine acres, and we're working with that to make sure that that is the most developable it, developable that it can be. It's a tough word. It is. Uh, <laughs> Many syllables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we have a few other parcels in there, uh, some of which, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we get the right project in, uh, yeah. jobs-related and, and uh, that fit within the gateway and it can handle the, tra- you know, the gateway infrastructure can handle the traffic that's in there um so you know we're monitoring that pretty closely but generally speaking yes there's there's a lot less parcels coming on uh, we talked about one of the developments before on an 18 acre parcel that the city uses i think when you see that come in um you'll see quite a bit more development going on there the fountains um, um scott gravy the, at the fountains who's the developer of the fountains and has done an excellent job and that that development is is I think it's full. Uh, you know the concept that he's come up with, which is uh, superior, is is pretty much filled up the office building there, and he's looking at starting his second phase. Now Notes Live is taking a fair amount of property too, which is basically I think across the street from that. Across the street from the fountains, right? There's 18 acres. It'll take an 18 acre development to to put that in. And so you said the city only has about nine acres left. Well, the city has a nine-acre parcel left. Somebody uh, else has purchased the rest of the land. Well, yes, we have a nine-acre parcel. I think we have another 10-acre parcel, although that part of that will be, um, as Northfield comes upon the plan is as Northfield is extended across the railroad tracks and across the river, that you'll need to land the bridge there. It's a very substantial bridge. And so some of that will be taken up by a 10-acre parcel that borders um, – I forget the name of the road where, where MMC is, and College, that corner there. So we'll, we need to reserve some of that property. The nine acres is on the existing north field that we, that we connected with Thompson Lane for uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital. Right across from that is a nine-acre parcel. There's a small four-acre parcel on the other side of um, uh, Kasai that, um, uh, uh, that the, city, the city owns as well. Uh, I think that's pretty much the city parcels. There's some other privately owned parcels in there that are available, particularly down Gateway Drive. Um, and um, we will extend uh, Gateway, I said Gateway Drive, it's Gateway Boulevard. We'll extend Gateway Boulevard as to, to help handle the traffic for Notes Live uh, to Robert Rose and uh, drive it all the way. It, it ends now in a cul-de-sac, but we'll, we'll continue that on and, and put that down all the way through to Robert Rose, so that'll help. Now, when will you work on that bridge from Northfield, the <laughs> extension? Because that's part of, of, of an arrangement that you made, I guess, with, with Vanderbilt, was it? Well, you know, to, to service uh, Vanderbilt's Children's Hospital, um, we needed the what uh, is Northfield Boulevard that comes off Thompson Lane, and then to connect that with Northfield Boulevard that ends at Broad right now, uh, there's a substantial bridge. It's part of our 2040 plan, and I and I apologize. I, I don't remember when it's anticipated, uh, and I don't I don't believe it's in our five-year CIP right now. Um, but um, but it is it is on the 2040 transportation plan to have have that bridge there. It's substantial because you do have to span two uh, geographic barriers there that are substantial. The railroad track over. and the river. Railroad track and the river both have to be spanned. And then it has to line up with Garrison Drive there. Uh, Garrison Drive, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so will will it... Uh, well, it won't line up with Garrison because Garrison landed at college, but it will line up with now the new uh, and it's... It, 
it's not very long, uh, you know, maybe it's a quarter mile uh, right. of Northfield coming off Thompson Lane, that new portion that we put in right by New Vision. So it will line up with that, and uh, all that will, will create a uh, another um, infrastructure transportation corridor that they, people can get through. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be back. It'll be our final break. So if you have a question, definitely don't wait around, or you'll be out in the creek, or maybe the Stone River. Hey, neighbor, when you talk, others listen. If it's on Good Neighbor Talk, keep it here. WTNS, AM, FM, FM, online. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. When you have fire, water, or storm damage, Fair Construction can help. Fair Construction is also there to help when a car slams through the wall. Call Fair Construction and we'll board up, put down tarps, secure your home or business until the insurance coverage is approved. Call Farrah Construction at 615-893-6120. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Farrah Construction Company. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the low 90s. And then for tonight, mostly clear, low near 66. Wednesday, sunshine high 91 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 69. Good morning there. In the clearing stages of this crash here in Rutherford County on 24 eastbound at Walden Road, it still has traffic extra slow up through here. Uh, probably will for the next uh, at least 10-15 minutes. One car flipped in this crash earlier. It's been out here for over an hour. Again, that's 24 eastbound at Walden Road. It's still a little bit heavy uh, westbound. Coming past the accident scene there at Walden Road, it's just unnecessary rubbernecking, really. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check them out today, GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. The Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. Welcome back. Our number is 615-893-1450. Just a few minutes left in our broadcast. And as we review some of the things that we're looking at, what is the, what's the biggest challenge that you as our city manager see before Murfreesboro at this time? I think uh, continuing to address the demands that growth puts on, on uh, the city. Um, that's probably our, where we spend the vast majority of our time right now. I think we have, from a financial standpoint, we do have concerns about uh, the the general economic conditions of the country, not necessarily Middle Tennessee. I think we'll we'll be in 
better shape than a lot of places, but it, it appears that uh, we may head for a recession here before too long. Uh, all the indications are there. And so uh, we're watching that very closely because it does have an impact on on uh, how we how we have to how we're able to address um, the the services that people need. So, what would the city be doing to prepare for that? Is the city doing something to prepare for that possibility? Yeah, well, financially, we're we're looking, you know, from our our structure from a revenue standpoint to be able to support the services that are needed. Um, we are continuing to, to take a hard look at our, how, how we go about projects, what projects we're going to do, uh, where we're going to um, uh, invest the, the, the funds that the public trusts us with. And so um, how we grow, uh, you know, what's our employment base? We have 1,400, and it changes every day, but 1,425 employees, and uh, that's our number one largest expense. And so we have to think forward is, is if we do slow down, are we going to need these type of people or are we going to need different, you know, sorts of people? Um, where, where are our demands and where they're headed? Uh, those are the type of things that we, we look at uh, very hard. And then, our, you know, our financing, you know, if, if rates go up high, uh, should we not shift and, and do less financing and more uh, financing out of our, 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 our projects like roadways and, and our catch-up that we need on our growth from um, uh, the funds that we have, our fund balance, our funds that we have in our bank. So that's it's a, a very delicate line to walk, it sounds like. I mean, with the rates going up, they need, a lot of people feel that they need to go up a little bit mm -hmm. for the economy to get to a, a normal point. We're below normal as far as interest rates right now. Right. But you can go too high. Well, you, yeah, you can go too high, and you can you can uh, really choke off economic growth, and um, so that that is a problem. I, right right now, the city carries about three hundred twenty million dollars in debt, and and we're able to handle that. That's well within our parameters, our financial guidelines, uh, um, and but that means we pay forty three million dollars in debt service every every year. Um, those are round numbers, but around forty three million dollars. Um, if interest rates go up, and we have to go out and do financing, then that will increase substantially. City Manager Craig Tyndall, our guest this morning, right here on WGNS Murfreesboro. Thank you for joining us. Thank hey, you, Hey, have Bart. a super day. You too.